Hey, I'm Sarah Bivens. And I'm Matthew Bivens. And this is the Doing It at Home podcast, the only podcast dedicated to empowering, loving, and honest conversations around home birth. What started as a fun way for us to document our own home birth journey has turned into a platform for sharing birth stories, resources, and education with the goal of empowering mamas and families to make the birth decisions that work best for them. Plus, we get into the antics, breakdowns, and breakthroughs of our own experience of marriage and parenthood. All right. You ready, babe? Yep. Let's do it, mama. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Doing It at Home podcast. We're so excited to have you here. And we are going back into the archives. We're kicking it old school today with a throwback episode from May of 2017. It's almost exactly two years ago, if you can believe it. But it's such an awesome episode. It's a fan favorite that we had to bring it back and celebrate it. We're chatting with Laura Fifield and Natalie Bancroft. And it's a great episode for big baby conversation, as in 11 pound kind of big baby. So yeah, you know what I'm talking about. It's a great episode and we're excited to bring it to you. Also, just a reminder, all the ways you can connect with us, all the ways you can listen to the show, the Parents on Demand app, go to parentsondemand.com or check the link out in today's show notes. You can listen on the app in Android or iPhone, but that is the network that we are a part of, Parents on Demand. We're super honored to be a part of that family, and uh, that's how you can listen and connect and learn about other amazing shows through the network. All right? Okay, so here it is. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. This podcast is sponsored by Skylight Calendar. Let's be real. Running a household can be exhausting and chaotic. And finding the perfect Mother's Day gift, it's not exactly a no-brainer. Until now. The Skylight Calendar is the best way to organize the family and give everyone, especially mom, some peace of mind to enjoy the things that matter most. The Skylight Calendar is a smart, touchscreen calendar that keeps track of and manages the chores, dinner planning, groceries, and to-dos for the whole family. The Skylight Calendar automatically syncs each family member's digital calendars and displays them all together on one color-coded touchscreen. It even doubles as a digital picture frame so you can finally share all those special moments that are just sitting on your phone. As a limited time offer for our listeners, get 15% off your purchase of a Skylight Calendar when you go to skylightcal.com slash easy. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-C-A-L dot com slash easy. Get 15% off your Mother's Day purchase now at skylightcal.com slash easy. Hello, Laura and Natalie. Welcome to the Doing It at Home podcast. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. We really appreciate you. Yeah, thank, thank you. you for having us. So this is super cool because we've got both of you all on the uh, on the phone with us today. So I'm excited about that. Have a nice little four way chat, four way conversation, and like Sarah said, <laughs> thanks again for joining us on the podcast. Yeah, thank yeah, you, for, thank having you for having us. So why don't you guys uh, just give us a little bit about um, each of yourselves so that listeners can hear who you are. Um, You guys have a story that's gotten a lot of attention. So I'm sure once people get the context for who you are and what's going on, um, they'll be even more excited. So please share. 
So uh, my name is Laura Fifield, and I am a birth photographer located in Spokane, Washington. Um, I've been shooting birth for about five years now and have documented just around 50 um, births. And they've been hospital births, home births, birthing centers, um, all different types and scenarios. Um, I've been married for almost 11 years, and we have two kiddos. We have an 8-year-old and a 10-year-old. And, um, you know, besides doing photography, um, we just love to be outdoors when our weather is nice. Um, we love to go boating and paddleboarding and hiking and just enjoying the um, area that we live in. And um, we like to travel when I have off-call time and um, enjoy meeting friends for coffee and just kind of hanging out and doing that kind of stuff. <laughs> that sounds quite we, perfect. Yes, that's, I'll sign up for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm Natalie Bancroft, and um, I have three kiddos, uh, almost six-year-old and almost three-year-old, and then um, my big baby is almost four months, which is unbelievable how fast it's gone by. <laughs> um, but I am also a birth photographer. Um, my photography name is Natalie B. Photography. I've been doing it for five years and a little over 50 births, just like Laura. And I've been married for two years and own dogs. And we just bought our own house. And we're just loving it here in the Pacific Northwest. And just like Laura, just, you know, getting outside and enjoying friends. And yeah. That's great. And Natalie, I know you mentioned your, your big baby. Um, you're not really lying when you say big baby. Um, most recent baby was how, how, how much did baby weigh at birth? He, he was 11 pounds, two ounces and almost 24 inches long. Okay. <laughs> he was a big a baby. <laughs> I was just going to say you gave birth to a toddler. That's, oh, wow. that's great. You just skipped yeah. ahead. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. And born at home. Yeah. Yeah. Four hour labor from start to finish. It was crazy. Wow. That was nice and quick. Yeah. It was very quick. My first birth was 19 hours long. So it was quite different than the first one. And Laura, you were the photographer at, um, at Natalie's most recent yeah. birth, correct? Yes, I was. And that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Did you, um, when did you guys think up, um, to be Natalie's, uh, photographer? Cause I, you know, before we hit record, you mentioned that the birthing photography community is relatively small where you live. And so, you know, you guys have connected. How did you decide that, um, Laura, you would be there and you would be there f to photograph the birth? Well, um, I mean, Natalie and I have been talking about it even before she got pregnant with with uh, baby number three it was just kind of like if I ever have another baby I want you to be my birth photographer and um you know then, then they were planning on having a third and so one day she just sent me a message and said hey are you taking clients for January because you know around here sometimes we kind of like to block off our schedules for right around the Christmas mm. time so that we're not on call and I was <laughs> January 2nd so. <laughs> she was due January 2nd but her history is to always go a little past her due date. So she just messaged me and said, are you taking clients for January? And I wrote her back and I said, it depends who's it for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she, 
she wrote back. I thought maybe she was referring somebody to me because she wasn't going to be taking clients around that time. And then she wrote back. She said, um, for me. And I was like, um, yes, absolutely. <laughs> I will be your birth photographer. So, yeah, I didn't have, um, I didn't have a birth photographer for my first two. And I, I mean, as a birth photographer, yeah, I regret not hiring one, but as a mom, like I, I deeply, deeply regret not hiring someone to document it. And I was not going to skip out on that this time, just in case this was my last one. Um, so I'm very thankful that Laura was available and flexible for me. So, yeah. So, awesome. for, so for your first, uh, or Natalie, for your first two births, did you have anybody there just shooting like cell phone pictures or taking anything like that? Um, I had my mom there, but she didn't take any pictures until the next day, um, after my son was born. Um, so, which is really unfortunate because you don't get those, that first exciting experience with your baby, you know, like the next day, you know, we were in the hospital. I didn't have my son at home, uh, my first son at home. So, you know, we were just ready to go home. I was getting bugged by nurses constantly and, you know, it was just not the experience that I I had dreamed up in my mind and I didn't have any pictures at all. And I'm, <laughs> I'm really disappointed about that. So, so I, yeah. the reason why I ask is because, you know, we have listeners right now who are, are preparing for their birth, whether it's at home or in a hospital. And, you know, right. I, I don't, for us, I mean, for Sarah, you and I, we didn't necessarily think about having a photographer there until later. I think somebody may have even mentioned it, but it didn't really cross our mm-hmm. minds. So for, for you listening out there, you know, it, it might be a great idea to, to plan on having somebody in attendance who could snap photos, you know, whether document. it's a, yeah, yep. just to document the experience. And what, what we've heard from a number of people is even if you don't think you want to, it to be documented, go ahead and do it. And yep. then you never yep. know, like you, down yeah, the road, you might want can't yeah. ever get that time back. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Well, and I know a lot of people are really private. Like this, you know, birth is a very intimate, private moment between you and your partner. And um, asking a, kind of a, a total stranger into such an intimate space is, um, it's really hard for families, I think. But um, I know that families that I have photographed birth for um, thank me so much afterwards. Even the most modest private families are so thankful to have someone documented for them. So I, I know that that's a big fear for a lot of families. They don't want to bring in this random person into their space. But I can see that. Yeah. So do yeah. do have either of you ever encountered um, issues with hospitals with them? You know, not wanting a photographer present or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I, we're um, pretty flexible yeah, here. Yeah, we are pretty flexible here. Um, some hospitals are a little more welcoming than others, I'd say. Um, but, you know, we go in there as professionals. Um, we consider ourselves birth professionals. Mm-hmm. And um, we adhere to hospital policy. We follow their rules and standards. Um, you know, I or Natalie would never do anything that a doctor or nurse wouldn't be comfortable with. There are certain procedures that happen in a hospital birth that um, we are not allowed to photograph. And just out of respect, I mean, we would never cross that line and photograph it if it's something that that they wish not to be photographed. Um, So when you are photographing a hospital birth, there are certain limitations. And, you know, I think with... With home births, we have a lot more freedom given yeah. to us. 
this photographing. But, um, I mean, the hospitals that we worked in, I know I've worked in every hospital around here and Natalie has too. And, um, we've never had, like, I've never had any, any real issue. No, the only thing anything. is there's no OR access mm. for, for us. So if, if there happens to be an emergency where mom needs to go to have a C-section, um, I would hand my camera over to dad or partner. Mm. Uh, I would yeah. not be able to go in with um, but that means that they still get pictures. So whatever images they capture with my backup camera, I would edit just like I would the rest of their birth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, okay, cool. Yeah, it's still part of the story. Yeah, yeah, it is. So I've, been allowed in the, I've been allowed in the OR once, um, but it was a non-emergent situation. And um, my client was actually taken in there for... Um, they were going to attempt a vaginal delivery, but wanted her to be in the OR just because of some signs that were going on so that if it needed to turn into a quick C-section, she was already prepped and in the OR and they wouldn't have to do the rush down the hallway and get her in. Uh, so, and the doctor was actually amazing to work with. And um, the nurse was like, you're coming with us. You've been part of their story for this, for this long. You're not missing this next part. That's cool. And, um, so the nurse advocated for me because it's up to the anesthesiologist. So the nurse advocated to have me in there. And I mean, it turned out beautiful. She was able to deliver vaginally in the OR. So, um, you know, I think we're making progress in that area. Yeah, definitely. So that's beautiful. That's I love that. Um, and Natalie, can can you tell us a little bit about shifting your plans from, you know, having a, a natural hospital birth with your first to then choosing home birth, what that process was like for you? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I went into pregnancy over, over analyzing and over reading. And I read every book I did doula training actually. Um, I really wanted to know what my body was going through and what birth was going to be like. Um, I definitely wanted that like birth without fear kind of thing, um, pre birth without fear, you know? Um, so I knew that I wanted to do it naturally. I had an OB that was very supportive of me doing it naturally. And, um, it was, it was a pretty routine, uh, I don't know. It was just a very routine vaginal birth. I didn't um, have Pitocin. I didn't have an epidural. Um, the, the OB that ended up delivering, the OB that ended up delivering my son was not the OB that I had went to the whole pregnancy, which mm. um, disappointed me. I felt like um, the on-call office style was not for me. Mm. And I know it is for many women and that's awesome. Um, but yeah, it, having a doctor that I had no idea who he was um, walk into the room when I was crowning to deliver my baby was a little uncomfortable. Um, but other than that, it was really routine and I didn't need it. I, I felt like I didn't need the hospital. So when I got pregnant again, um, was it was two years later, and I started interviewing um, midwives, um, just in general, whether that was birth center midwives or home birth midwives, um, and we do have hospital midwives here as well. So I was just kind of getting a feel of what it was like, and um, I ended up um, miscarrying at 16 weeks with that pregnancy, and I had kind of come down to uh, Spokane River Midwife was the the midwife that I really wanted to hire and I had not hired her yet and she helped me through my miscarriage 
um, with emotional support and physical support. And I, she had no obligation to me at all. And that's when I knew that the care was so different than what I received with an OB. Mm, Um, and I knew that home birth was right for me at that point. Um, she empowered me and educated me and really held my hand through my pregnancy, whether it was my miscarriage or my next pregnancy, which was my daughter. So they were amazing. And yeah, home birth was definitely uh, right for me. I felt, I felt comfortable at home. I felt um, safe at home. So, yeah, I know it's, I know it's a hard decision. It was a really hard decision for me because um, I think Hollywood and society um, make birth and labor and delivery out to be something that I don't feel like it can be. Um, and so I just kind of needed to shift my thinking and I, I definitely um, had help from my midwives, which was nice. So, yeah, oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. And what was the name yeah. of the midwife group again? Um, Spokane river midwives, uh, Terry young and Annabelle Morgan were awesome. the two midwives. And then I had also a midwife assistant at, at Simon's birth, my last birth. Very cool. I just wanted to make yep. sure that they got their shout out and we'll put links to... Yeah. Uh, they're amazing. Yeah, they're great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's so cool. And uh, we'll put links to everything in the show notes. So for you listening, you can um, check out the episode page and, and get links to this. And both actually both of your websites and your Instagram pages, we'll, we'll put links to all that great stuff. Awesome. awesome. Thank you. I think now is an awesome time to just take a quick pause. And then when we come back, I want to hear more about this big baby. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. Okay. So you mentioned Simon, your most recent birth, four months old, born at home, 11 pounds, two ounces. Um, (laughs) Where do I start? I mean, did you... Did you know earlier on that this would be a bigger than average baby, you know, as you, as you move through your pregnancy? Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, we actually, so, so twins do run in my family. I mean, they're uh, two generations down the line. So they do happen to run in my family and I was a lot bigger than I was with my daughter. So my daughter is, she'll be three in July. She was my first home birth and she was seven, nine at birth. So okay. she was a fairly average, yeah, fairly average. baby. Um, so the thought of having anything over nine was kind of out of the picture. So when I was showing so much and I couldn't belly map, like I couldn't map where my baby was, whether he, it, because we didn't know gender, um, was head down or I couldn't tell where it was. So we went to get an ultrasound around 38 weeks to see if there were two babies in there. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> So yeah, 38 weeks in two days. Um, and no, the, there for sure was only one baby, just a big baby. Um, they estimated the baby to be around nine pounds already. Um, Do you think but, there was two I in mean, there? Were you, were you like, there's gotta be two? I, <laughs> seriously, I was, I was like, no, I, I think I have two babies. In here. You got to count again. You know, twins are like around five pounds or so each. So that would be accurate with his 11 pound weight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, we, we got the ultrasound done and the ultrasound tech actually kind of joked with me. He was like, well, I wouldn't be surprised if you ended up having an 11 pound baby. And I told him to shut his mouth. <laughs> <Jokingly>. <laughs> because you don't tell a woman that. <laughs> um, yeah, he was right. <laughs> that guy. So. 
Wow. Yeah. I actually sent him a letter <laughs> thanking him for his correct estimate. <laughs> oh, that's cool. <laughs> well yeah. done, sir. Yes. <laughs> wow. And so knowing that as as the days of pregnancy came to a close, how were you feeling and what what was your state of mind like preparing for birth? Um, I think I went through what most women go through, um, especially, uh, quote, post-date, because I was, um, I ended up delivering six days after my, mm. my, quote, due date. So, you know, I was post-date, I was waking up, you know, every morning after my due date, wishing I wasn't pregnant anymore, basically. Um, but, you know, I just had to keep myself busy and keep my mind off of it and knew that my body would just go through the process the way it needed to. (laughs) So I really, I, I honestly just tried to plan as much stuff possible around my due date to keep my mind off of everything, I guess. (laughs) So like what kind of things were you planning? Um, you know, I, I planned play dates with my friends. We, we would go cause you know, it was around Christmas time. So it was really snowy here in Spokane. Um, we had like a couple, I want to say like a foot of snow at that oh, point. It was, it was like a couple two feet. Feet of snow. <laughs> um, so we used to go to the mall and do the, like the little playground in the mall. We used to do play dates there. So I tried to go there. Um, I was really uncomfortable cause I was so big. <laughs> so yeah, just try to keep myself comfortable and my mind off of, <laughs> off of it. So now did you ever question home birth with knowing that you were going to have a big baby? Did you ever think you know maybe I shouldn't do home birth um you know I I didn't my my midwives and I talked about it a lot um at quite a few of our because we do you know our prenatal appointments at home every week for the last month so every for that last month every week she came we talked about it and um you know I was nine pounds as a baby and so I knew that and and my mom's not a, a big lady at all she's five six you know and so I knew that our bodies were capable of it, and um, I just knew that I needed to trust myself and trust my midwives and know that if if something went wrong, they would know and my, I would know, and we could, you know, go for a backup plan. I live about five minutes away from two of the best hospitals in um, the city, so we had a really good backup plan just in case, which, you, you know, you always do at a home birth anyways. Mm-hmm. So, so I felt really confident and in who I chose as my birth team. And yeah. That's outstanding. That makes me so happy because we have spoken with moms on this show who, as they progressed in their pregnancy before they had made the switch to home birth, doctors telling them they couldn't give birth naturally, let yeah. alone at home. You just, you can't even give birth to this baby because this baby's going to be too big. Um, yeah. We, yeah. we <laughs> talked to a mom what, about a month ago who was told by her doctor that she couldn't have a home birth because of the size of the baby. And then she went to her midwife, which happened to be her husband's grandmother. Yes. And she said, no, we'll be fine. Yeah. She said, said, your body can do it. Trust your body. Your body's made for it. You're fine. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. We hear a lot of those stories just being in the birth community um, of, you know, being hearing from other birth photographers. Oh, well, 
my client was planning this, but now her doctor is taking her in for a C-section because her baby looks to be this approximate size. And then you hear so much of it that baby came out at seven and a half pounds, pounds, you know, Mm -hmm. two pounds less than like the approximate guess of what an ultrasound showed showing, oh, you're going to have a 10 pound baby. So we're taking you in for a C-section to have a completely average size baby being, you know, seven and a half to eight pounds. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's that would, fascinating. I, I'd probably have a few feelings about that if that, if that happened to us, man. Well, my, um, my son, the one that was born in the hospital, I was in transition. My water had just broken. So I was probably around nine centimeters. Um, I was trying to focus on every contraction and my doctor, the OB came in, um, the one that I had gone through the entire pregnancy with. And she came in, uh, felt my belly and she's like, Natalie, she shook her head. Natalie, I really think we have an over 10 pound baby in here. And I really would be more comfortable if we went in for a C-section. I have to leave. And I think that this would be best for you. And I told her, (laughs) no, um, I was doing fine. Baby's heart rate was doing great. Um, And so I told her that I, I felt comfortable going on. And so she left and the next OB came in, you know, the one, and I had a beautiful medication-free vaginal delivery of an eight pound baby. So that is so <laughs> it was her time to awesome. leave. <laughs> yeah, it was her time to leave. It was, you know, she was off call now and I'm sure she just wanted to see me and baby, you know, earthside safely. And I get that, but mm-hmm. that wasn't what was safe for us at the time. Right. So. Uh. You know, yeah. I'm I'm super happy you shared that because I know that there's people listening right now who who will be able to take from that like you have the the right and the ability to refuse different things, to say no, to say and, and to like trust yourself. Like right. I'm doing oh, fine. Yeah, yeah, baby's doing fine. We're going to proceed. Like you can do that even in a hospital setting and I know a lot of the people we've spoken yeah. with don't feel like they they can do that you know it's the authority figure it's all it's all of those things that you just go along with it yeah yeah I think fear um plays a huge factor into birth because I think especially as a first-time mom you have this this fear of the unknown of what's going to happen when it's going to happen how it's going to happen where it's going to happen and um I think a lot of doctors nurses medical professionals in general midwives too I'm sure um I think play on that fear role factor too much with women um, and don't give them every option. They don't fully educate them. I don't feel like um, You're so, so vulnerable that the mom too. can make an educated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. The mom needs to make an educated empowered decision for them, you know? Um, and it, as a care provider, it's their role to give us all the information so that we can make the best choice for our baby, our body, our family, you know? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So birthday, uh, back to that for a moment, who, who all was there? How did the scene unfold? You know, we're only talking four hours here. So, um, <laughs> right, you know, yeah. uh, but how, how did it all transpire? Um, so I woke up, um, all of my labors have started first thing in the morning. I wake up really early in the morning with my, pretty minor contractions. Now, this pregnancy, I've been having Braxton Hicks contractions and kind of false labor for a week or so. Um, so I was used to waking up in the morning with contractions and kind of starting to time them and they dissipate. Um, this time I woke up at like 1.30 in the morning and I could, I 
couldn't um, sleep through them at all. They, they were coming pretty hard. So I woke my husband up and we got the birth pool ready. And um, I kind of realized how fast they were coming and how close they were. Um, I wasn't used to that with normally pretty long labors. So I called my mom, who was going to come over and take care of my older two, because um, my older two kids were at home during the birth, and they watched it. And then I called my midwives, Terry and Annabelle. Annabelle lives just up the road from me, so she was there what felt like in like 30 seconds, but I'm sure it was 10 minutes. <laughs> That's nice. Um, yeah, it was nice. And then, hold on, honey. And then, yeah, my mom walked in the door, and... Harry walked in the door not soon after, and then Laura was um, out at a, a family cabin, and so she had a little drive, and I felt like she was there in 10 minutes, too. <laughs> um, yeah, so everyone got there by, uh, I think, like 2.30, and then I finally, um, you know, I was in and out of the, t- the birth pool, and um, just trying to move a lot, because movement felt the best for me. Um and so I was in and out of the birth pool a lot, and I ended up actually delivering him, I think, what, like 530? 530, yeah, 530, yeah. I think. So um, it was kind of a blur, and I'm another reason why I'm so glad I got a birth photographer is because that, that labor was a blur, and I can look back and be like, oh, this was the timeline that I don't remember anything of. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, it was awesome. And now Laura... You having been there also, but in a quite different role, um, you might have a little bit of different perspective, especially as far as timing goes um, from Natalie. What was your experience of the of the event? How were you moving through it and what were you observing? Oh, yeah. So um, like Natalie said, it was about 2, 2.30 in the morning, I guess, when she called. And um, we were... I was staying with my family like a little bit outside of town, but not far. We were just in the process of moving. And so we were living temporarily. <laughs> that was your moving like, day. Yeah, that was my moving day. Actually, our move date was the day she went into labor. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> Why not? Change of plans. <laughs> really start to I got to really, really start. Uh, but, um, you know, once I go on call for clients, we stay in pretty close contact. And I mean, with Natalie, too, we just talked a lot more. Um so when she called, I knew like, okay, this is it, you know, and just hearing her voice on the phone, I could just tell that contractions were real and strong and consistent. And, you know, she was having a hard time talking through her contractions. And so I, I just, I got the phone call and I said, okay, I'm grabbing my stuff and I'm heading out the door. And of course it was a snowstorm. So she was like, drive slow, <laughs> drive carefully. It's, it's pretty nasty out. But, I mean, I think I made it in, you know, 30 minutes from the phone call to walking into her door. And um, her midwives were there sitting in the living room doing some charting. And there was soft music playing and candles going and essential oils diffusing. And Natalie was just uh, leaning up against a wall, just swaying back and forth. And Mm. it was just such a peaceful scene to walk into. It didn't feel like... It didn't feel peaceful. <laughs> I know it didn't feel peaceful, but it looked peaceful. <laughs> she was, um, I mean, it was just, it just had like this very calm presence to walk into. And, um, you know, I put my bags down, took my shoes off, got my camera out, got, got all set up to start shooting and um, just started documenting her birth and just following her um, from, you know, room to room, capturing her and her husband, I mean, he was acting as her doula and just very hands-on with her. He knew 
exactly what to do and what she needed. And, um, her, you know, Terry and Annabelle take a very hands-off approach to their care. And so they just, they stay in another room and just let Natalie be and just let her do her thing. And um, there were some times too that I just stepped away. I knew she needed her space at that time, um, you know, just to work through some contractions. But yeah, and it was a short labor from start to finish. And um, a couple hours after I was there, she she had him. And then um, I stayed a few hours after while they did newborn exam and pictures with the siblings and just had their skin to skin bonding time and took an herbal bath and everything. And it was just a beautiful birth from from start to finish. Certainly sounds like it. Yeah, it does. Um, Natalie, I'm curious because I'm sure listeners are, but I am also for us, you know, we have one right now and in the future with, with other births. How was it having both of your children, um, other children, present for yeah. for the birth and to experience that, to see their, their brother come into the world? I think that it was really a cool experience for them. I honestly don't think that we give children enough credit sometimes when it comes to um, to just life, life and death mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And um, I think my mom especially was really nervous to have my kids there because, yeah. you know, birth comes with blood. It comes with complications sometimes. Mm-hmm. It comes with loud noises, it, you know. It, so she was really nervous how they'd react. Mm-hmm. And they were so cool about it, I think, because mm-hmm. we didn't know sex at all. So when we announced that we had a boy, um my son, who's who'll be six in June, just hung his head down and was like, "Oh, I thought we were having a girl." Oh. <laughs> and he just he walked away. Sister. He walks so away. It was it wasn't a big deal to them at all. Um, Joss, my daughter, still talks about it. How? Um, <laughs> so when new people come over, like our friends will come through the door, she will run up to them and she will hold their face and she says. Mommy had a baby come out her vagina. Um, she's right over there. The <laughs> so um, it cool. was a really cool experience for them. We we watched home birth videos on YouTube, um, you know, leading up to it. So they they kind of knew what it was going to be like. Oh, that's smart. Um, we played the, the growling game with each other. So I would make like a loud moaning, like growling noise to get them comfortable with mommy making weird noises during labor. Wow. <laughs> where did you think about um, doing and she'd that? she'd make that noise back. <laughs> she yeah, thought where, it was fun. Where did that <laughs> idea come from? That, that's a genius idea. I don't know. I just, um, I'm not, I'm a pretty cool, calm and relaxed person normally, but I know that I'm pretty vocal during labor. Um, so I, I just wanted my kids to get used to that because I know that they're not used to hearing mommy like that. Right. <laughs> so I just, started this game with her because my kids are goofy like you know any five and two and a half year old are so so yeah we just started playing this game and they loved it so i i tell everyone who's gonna um prepare their children for birth that to do that now yeah the we, growling gotta, game. we gotta do that because you were pretty vocal sarah yeah i was pretty Wake vocal. the neighborhood up <laughs> um i yeah, yeah, i, I my kids say, um, we don't repeat mommy and daddy words if mommy <laughs> says mommy and daddy words during <laughs> But I don't feel like you did any I of that. I, I, I think she was actually like pretty quiet from what I remember. <laughs> yeah, I was. Oh, 
I got chills and goosebumps through so much of what you just described from the the children's experience and their perspective. Yeah. And I agree with you, you know, not giving them credit for things and their their perceptive nature and their awareness. Like, I think that's so real. I mean, I think they they're the ones who know sometimes and we're just, you know, yeah. we're sitting around thinking like we know something, but they're closer to that, that purity. Like they're closer to the other side. I feel like they know what's up. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. We just don't give them enough credit um, mm-hmm. at all. <laughs> and they were so cool with it. It was not a big deal to them. Plus, you know, I'm a birth photographer, so they see me edit birth images right. all the time. We talk about placentas. <laughs> we use proper words for, you know, breasts and, you know, a vagina. And a penis. we use the proper words. So um, that's not a shock factor to them at all. Mm. That's very cool. And so when yeah. Simon made his grand entrance what was going on? How were you feeling? Um, share a little bit about that. Yeah. So, um, I was in the birth pool and I, I was pushing, you know, when usually when you go through a natural physiological birth, like I did and don't use pain medication, um, your body ends up taking over and just pushes for itself. Like you can't help but push. Mm. (laughs) And so that took over and I, um, I made my first push. My water broke. I made my second push and his head started coming out. Um, it was then that both my midwives kind of noticed that he, he had a bigger head. <laughs> he was a big boy. <laughs> a big boy. <laughs> and they both told me, they're like, Natalie, in between these next contractions, you need to get up um, with his head out already. You need to get up out of the pool and you need to stand up with one leg on the birth stool to deliver the rest of his body. Mm. Um, and so I think honestly, the, that was the hardest part of the entire birth was mm. ha- having a baby head <laughs> out of you and then having to get up out, you know, lift your leg out of the birth pool. And one push, I think later I delivered his body. Oh, um, wow. He had, he was bigger, but he had a little shoulder dystocia, which is something that, um, you know, trained and licensed midwives are trained to deal with. So Terry, my midwife, pushed on Simon's chest very gently, which made him curl in his shoulders and he came right out. Mm. So it was incredible to watch her at work to where she said, had I had him in the hospital, the doctors probably would have broken his clavicle, his collarbone to get him out. Wow. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. So the fact that she dealt with it so calmly and so quickly, Mm -hmm. um, I didn't even know until later that he was, I mean, he wasn't stuck stuck, but he had the case of the sticky shoulders is what she called it. The case of the sticky shoulders. Wow. So, so, okay. So we we might get a little graphic here because I'm trying to imagine that. So, (laughs) His head is out, and his yep. shoulders yep. aren't out yet, correct? No, just uh, you can just see a face. <laughs> so just see a face. So then your midwife like inserted her fingers just enough so that she could push on his chest a little bit? Yep, just a little bit, like wow. on, yeah, just on his, what, sternum, I guess. Mm-hmm. A little bit, enough for him to curl in his shoulders, kind of tuck his shoulders in a little bit. Mm-hmm. That is so awesome. Like, that... I love midwives. Yeah, it was intense. And and when she told me, I mean, this was at one of our our postpartum visits later, like next week. Um, The fact that she said, oh, yeah, most OBs would have broken an arm or a a, a collarbone to get him out safely instead of using that maneuver. 
like, well, this is why I go with midwives. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Like, they just, they know and they can handle all those things. And, oh, my gosh, that, that's cool. I, I'm, I'm a little tripped out by that. That's awesome. Yeah, it, it was definitely intense because it was, like, Natalie, we need to get you out of the tub. You need to stand up. You need to get out. You need to, you know, yeah. it, it seemed like blur. But at the same time, everyone in the whole room was really calm. I loved that. So it was great. Yeah, and it was a pretty quick maneuver. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it from me getting out of the tub to delivery, it was two minutes. If that, maybe yeah. A minute. I mean, they lifted her up, you know, just lifted her up, had her step over the side. She put her leg up, and then it was, here's baby. Yeah. Man, yep. wow. Very cool. And all the while, yeah. Laura, you're documenting this. Yeah. And these photos, yes. I mean they're incredible. They're, they're amazing. I mean, one, your style, you know, if you look at, and for listeners, we'll post links to all of their, anyway, to see all of these images and Laura and Natalie's, um, birth, you know, businesses, their accounts, but like the, these photos and they've, they've made their way around. Haven't they? I yeah, they have featured on, we're looking right now. Hello Giggles, people, um, yeah. today show like, wow. Uh, yeah, um, they've been picked up by numerous uh, blogs um, all over the world. Yeah, uh, internationally. Australia, awesome. England, then by different news outlets. And yeah, the Today Show, Inside Edition. It was shared in a place in uh, Israel. Yeah, it shared in a place in Israel. <laughs> awesome. And, and I mean, numerous, numerous pages on Instagram and Facebook. I well, I crap. can't even keep up with the amount of shares that it's had and the media requests that have come in. And then, of course, there's all the places that share it without permission. Right. <laughs> so you just see, like, random tags, and you're like, thanks for the tag, but I don't even have time to track it down. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, the <laughs> yeah. The picture that we've had up for most of this conversation is the one just straight on your face, my Natalie. Face. And you're, oh, my, you know exactly the one I'm talking about. It is such. Oh, yeah. A, one that I didn't necessarily want to go viral because my face is ridiculous. <laughs> Your expression, that, though. It's that, like, it's, yeah, it's that, like, shock face, just like it's that, real. like, oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. Can you believe That was this? the moment we found out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was the moment that we found out that he was a boy. Oh, okay. So we so cool. had not weighed him yet. Nope. Yeah, he hadn't even been weighed yet. Wow. <laughs> so, so that's the joy of being, like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he had the cutest little back rolls. Yes, Which you can see does. in some of the pictures, and. He still had some vernix on him mm-hmm. and just cutest little, cutest little rolls. Yep. <laughs> Did you have any idea, Laura, when you were taking these photos and then as you were editing them, like, oh, this is, this is going to get attention. Like, did you see that happening? No, I mean, <laughs> I've, I've, I had shared, I've had stories shared before, um, you know, baby center and, and those kind of things. Um, and I mean, I want to say that, like, I was absolutely in love with Natalie's photos, and I th- I think they're amazing just because, like, her story is amazing. I'm not saying it to, like, I'm not saying it as, like, a way, and my work was amazing. It was, like, Natalie's story was amazing, and the photos just are of her story, and um, so when I, when I shared it, and I think, you know, I just put in the, in the headline, um, you know, home birth of 11 pounds, two ounce surprise gender I think it just got a lot of people's attention and then um it just kind of snowballed from there 
Yeah. And, and Natalie, what does it feel like for you? You know, you just said all the way to Israel, like people are looking at and, and gathering inspiration from your, your story, the image, the, the example of the, the power and beauty that you're being Trust. like, what is that like? It's, it's a little odd. I mean, I mm-hmm. will say it's odd just because I'm not that I'm a private person necessarily. Like I'm a total open book and I'm a very open person, but I don't, I'm not like, I don't know. I don't post a lot of stuff to, to have everyone look at it, I guess. Right. Um, my, the reason that I put my birth out there was not to show, um, just to show that, you know, our bodies are made for this and that you can do it. Not necessarily that you can always do it. Cause I know that there can be complications, but I was happy to, to, to show a good example of what, a normal physiological home birth can be like and how, how beautiful it can be, I guess. So I think it's, it's really cool to see how many women are empowered by my story. Um, I think another factor for me is it makes me really sad to see so many women say, well, my doctor wouldn't let me do this. Or um, I think a couple of the pages their their headline was warrior mom gives ele- gives birth to 11 pound baby and so i think a lot of these moms are like well i had an epidural so i'm not a warrior mom or i had a c section so i'm not a warrior mom and the comparing um it hurts it hurts to see that many women sad about their own birth story you know mm. so um i think those two things have really um, brought new feelings into the way I see birth too Mm -hmm. and how I view other people's experiences. So, yeah. How how do you view birth now and other people's experiences? Um, You know, I, I've always been an, an avid um, natural birther. Like I feel like it's, it's, one of the best things that you can do for both your body and for baby. However, I know that complications do arise and I know um, I'm a birth doula as well. So I know now that all you can do is you can educate women and families on um, what their options are. Like, like I had said um, before about care providers giving all the options um, and letting families choose what option empowers them. So what option empowers me might not be an option that empowers another family. So I, I know that I have to look at my birth as an, as an empathetic way to look at other births. So, yeah. 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 And to speak to that, everyone's different. Yes. Yes. And that's, uh, I love that you said that. That's a perfect segue into um, a listener email question that we actually received when we shared, because we were super excited that we were going to talk to you guys. You know, we put it out on our social media that we would be, you know, sharing your story and hearing more from you. And someone actually reached out and Mm -hmm. asked a question. So um, I'd love to ask it. And either both of you um, feel free to chime in and love to hear your perspective. Um, so this is from Jesse and Jesse asks, is there a difference in birthing babies versus a big, I'm going to start that over because I just (laughs) flood that. Okay. (laughs) Is there a difference in birthing big babies versus average size babies at home? She says, my son surprised me at eight, three, and I feel like I wasn't prepared for it. We had a natural hospital birth with a certified nurse midwife, but I tore and had an episiotomy. 
I'd like to avoid intervention mm-hmm. with subsequent babies. They're hypothetical right now. No, no babies on the horizon, but big babies run in the family. <laughs> she said, I was nine, three. So I know future babies will be as big, if not bigger. So recap on that. Right. The question is something you can definitely speak to Natalie, having had two babies at home, both very different weights, because we know in that uterus, one pound makes all the difference and then tack on a few more pounds, yep. like in your case. <laughs> yeah. um, so is there a difference between birthing big babies and average size babies at home? Um, you know, I think because of his, the, the sticky shoulder situation, I think what had that um, extra element of, I guess, difficultness in its own right. But um, honestly, d- delivering that much of it, So my daughter was seven, nine and she was at home. And then, so my next one was Simon at 11, two big difference in weight honestly didn't feel any different. Um, Mm. I didn't care with either one of them. Um, I feel like movement helped me the most being able to move around my house, squat, be on a birth ball, um, be in water really helped. I didn't, I wasn't able to do a water birth with my daughter. Um, so being able to be submersed in water was really helpful. Um, so movement was a big one and then just letting your body push on its own. Um, with my son in the hospital, I tore, um, I had 10 stitches and because I got to 10 centimeters, the doctors and nurses put my legs up in stirrups and they started counting to 10. They didn't allow my body to labor down and start feeling like it needed to push on its own. Mm. And so I ended up pushing against my body instead of with my body. Mm. And even though I did it naturally and, you know, he came out fine, I ended up fine you know, I did tear and I did have to have stitches, um, with my daughter and my son at home. I waited until I knew my body needed to push and I let it do its job and I didn't push against it. I worked with my body and I feel like that really helped. Um, I definitely did a lot of breathing through, um, the ring of fire, like the actual crowning to let, you you know, your vaginal tissue stretch on its own. I feel like if you, if you push too hard through crowning, you're probably going to tear. That's just kind of how our, what our body does. Mm-hmm. So um, definitely breathing through contractions once that baby is down and out through crowning. That makes a world of difference. So, yeah. I think that's, that's great. You have yeah. a lot of knowledge. I would trust what you have to say. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I, I feel like, you know, I... I did so much research. I did too much research. I overanalyzed everything because I read so many different books. Um, The first book that I read was what to expect when expecting. And not that that's a horrible book, but um, as someone who has read lots of childbirth, you know, and education books that is not a book that I would jump to um, and recommend to moms, you know, uh, childbirth, childbirth without fear is a really good book. If mom, you know, moms want to empower themselves, I think that's a really good one. And then Ina May's uh, Guide to Childbirth is also oh, really an amazing book. book. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, we're we're oh, playing yeah. for an Ina May appearance. I'm putting it out there right now on this show, and I want to print up shirts that say like <laughs> Ina May is my homegirl. <laughs> yeah, heck yeah. <laughs> Oh gosh, guys, thank you so much. Um, you are rock stars, both of you, um, to have the experience you did, Natalie, and then Laura to be the eyes through which we could all 
experience it as well is, is just so awesome. And, you know, I think about when I want to get frustrated sometimes at the state of the conversation around birth or some of the disempowering, fearful stuff, I think about Mm -hmm. there's also such opportunity and such space that's created for stories like this, that, that women would not have otherwise been able to find out about. Like, these are the stories. These are the, the words that like our moms didn't get access to. And through, you know, the awesome technology we have now of social media and internet, like you can get just as healthy doses of empowerment as, as disempowering. And you guys are a part of that. And for that, I'm, I'm so grateful. And I know millions of other women are too. Yeah. And I think like that was one of the main reasons why Natalie was so comfortable sharing her story. Um, you know, because the images that I share from my clients first are, are always done with my client's permission. And Natalie is more modest. And, you know, when, when the request started coming in of, Hey, so-and-so wants to share it. Hey, so-and-so wants to share it. You know, how do you feel about this? And, you know, Natalie was like, it, you know, yeah, you can, yeah, you can give them permission to share. And, um, and then as it started getting picked up, it was just more of like, Hey, you know, we want people to know that this is possible that you can have a, a larger baby at home. That just because your baby is the size doesn't mean you need to go in for a C-section. And, you know, a lot of, I think a lot of women have been educated and have been able to see that it is possible and that our bodies are made to do this. And so it's been really, really empowering um, to see the positive response that has come from her story being shared so many places. Well, I get it. And I think it's awesome. We think it's awesome. Yeah, we do. So thank you so much again for joining us, both of you. Thank your kiddos for being cooperative and hanging out. (laughs) They're awesome. And just so much love and blessings to you guys. Keep us posted on how everyone's doing too and how that big baby is growing. Yes. (laughs) Oh, he's sleeping right now. He's as big as he was. He's like 16 pounds already. Who's catching Maya? That's our eight-month-old. <laughs> yeah, wow. Uh, yeah, he's not four months yet. He'll be four yeah. months in the eight. <laughs> That's awesome. Wow. Well, All right, you guys. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, thank you so much. Quick note about the Doing It at Home podcast. Matthew and I are not doctors or medical professionals, and nothing we say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. If you have medical or health-related questions, please take them to a trained professional. We're here simply to entertain you with stories and conversations about pregnancy, birth, and parenthood. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad-approved? Datages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgle. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Datages. That's D A D A G E S, wherever you listen to your podcasts.